Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Welcome to Wednesday. I hope you're all doing well. Well, well, well. I've been looking at some posts recently, or rather listening to some podcasts, mainly Tavern Chat over at Eric Tinker's place, and the brouhaha that goes on over there, and it's a lot of fun, but, you know, I want to get back to gaming. Not that it's not about gaming, it's just, to me, it's the wrong area of gaming, which is not gaming at all, but, hey, Eric does a fine job, he does what he can, and I'm glad we got him on our corner. Anyway, I want to talk about illusions, illusionists. The other night in my Monday game, I play an illusionist. And he's a third level illusionist in the Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea campaign my friend Carlos is running. And it's a lot of fun. First off, it's coming off the heels of my campaign with Astonishing Swordsman. And he pushed it 20 years into the future. And now we're playing people who work for our other characters in... You know, I forget where our... Klein's Keep or something like that. I can't remember the name of the... the I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Byron, I don't remember your character's name, nor the place where we live... But the keep, in my campaign, the keep was built by Cyclops and Hill Giants because Byron's character managed to charm a Cyclops who was such a low intelligence that the charm took. And he became his and the group's best friend and best servant. So he was he was the one who basically forming the job while we were running around doing stuff. So we had to keep coming back from us to it, to coming back to. We also have an Amazonian skyship because the first adventure I ran was the ghost ship of the Desert Dunes. They did find the skyship. They did find the green diamonds. And so they tooled around in that in my campaign for a while until one of the characters managed to take it out for a joyride and disappeared with it eventually turned it back with like less than 20% of the green diamonds missing or rather used up so this was this is a this was a player who who dropped out of the game so it's like okay let's put it all on him but they managed to convert the skyship over into something elemental fueled along with the laser gun in the front so Basically, they have, because my, my grandson Gage is playing a pyromancer, he's in charge of that department. He's the, he's the engine guy because it's fueled by a fire elemental that he controls and encourages. And I mean, it's, I don't exactly know what the relationship is between him and the fire elemental, but it keeps the ship going. So we were tasked, or rather, yes, we were tasked to take Blinky, who is the Cyclops who helped build it, who is now an old man, an old Cyclops, and he wants to go home. He wants to go back to where he, 
they found him, which is near his home. There's a there's a castle there near here there, and they have he had apparently has family, but he wants to go home to retire, and so we were tasked with taking him home in the skyship. And I say all this, <laughs> it's it's getting to the illusion part. I, I tr- trust me. We had an entire session where we were in the skyship and we never touched ground until the very, very end where we 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 dropped Blinky off, said fare thee well, you know, thank you, live a good life. And then we went over to Bloodport, the port town, which they had the other characters had been to long ago in another adventure. And they get involved with this uh, girl who's looking for her sister, who this necromancer stole. Da 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 da. But anyway, we had this whole they had this whole adventure on the skyship, flying on the skyship. It was great. First, we got attacked by harpies because we flew over their nest, and it's like, oh look, easy pickings. Then we got attacked. We we passed over this like horde of orcs who happened to see us fly by, and then the leader jumps on... They jumped on orcs on pterodactyls. There's about 12 of them. And we were fighting with might and main. The harpies thing I didn't do too well because I ran... The spells kind of worked. And it... I ended up having to get into the fray with my quarter staff. A couple, I rolled a couple of ones, so I put a couple of holes in the deck, missing, missing the harpy's head that had landed on the ship. But we managed to drive them off. But the orc battle was the one was the turning point for me for illusionists. Now I always knew illusionists were kind of clever because I've watched people play them before, and a clever player, an illusionist in the hands of a clever player, is a sight to behold. Because he can do stuff with your with the, uh, the opponent's minds that is can be unbelievable. Now I'm a third level illusionist, which means I got two first level spells, and one second level spell. So the spells I chose were phantasm, phantasmal armor, and terrify. Now phantasmal armor is just what it says for about six turns. I go from an armor class 10 to an armor class 3. That's a natural. Every battle I go, okay, boom, phantasmal armor. If I've hit, I only get it once a day, but, you know, it looks really bad. Either I'll stay in the back of the party, but if it looks really bad, boom, phantasmal armor, I'm AC3. And that'll last for six turns. And so I do that. But the other one, now phantasm. Let me talk about phantasm for a minute. Uh, well, let me mention terrify. Terrify is one of those spells where you 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 cast it. It's a it's a cast and forget spell. You cast it on somebody because it lasts like two rounds plus a round for every level. So it lasts five rounds with me. So you cast on somebody and you advance towards them. And whatever they see is something from their worst nightmare, something they are absolutely deathly afraid of. Etc. So that's terrify. Now, phantasm, or as you know in D and D, phantasmal force. It's the same thing. You have a fan, you can throw an image up. Now it's just an image. There's no sound or anything like that. You know that kind of thing. Okay, got it. So with judicious use of the spell, it could be pretty powerful, even though it's like. 
the bottom of the barrel phantasmal force because there is an improved phantasm and then etc etc so it gets better as you get up and you get the better spells but i've got this one spell what am i going to do with it okay we get attacked by orcs and pterodactyls first thing i do is i target now while everybody else is fighting and doing a good job too because they're that I target, there's a dozen of them. I said, which one's the leader? So that guy who's the bigger one right there, I said, okay, I'm going to terrify him. And I cast it, and I advanced towards him. And I said, I don't know what his biggest fear is. I'm gonna, I said, I'm going to leave that up to the game master. He said, okay, he sees you, his eyes get real wide. And for like the rest of the battle, he was like jerking his pterodactyl around, trying to go around, trying to get away. And that caused morale checks in the orc lineup and three of them booked it out of there saying i don't know what the hell he's doing but this looks like a bad news so they took it off so there's like there's a quarter of them gone already okay we have two or three orcs jumping out the pterodactyls landing on a ship to fight us cool uh, while well, other people are taking care of the ones in, in the in the air and all that kind of stuff doing and like i said doing a damn good job of it I'm concentrating on the three that landed on the ship. So what I do is I throw a phantasm. And he says, what are you throwing a phantasm? I said, I'm going to have a dozen ma maniacal, maniacal dwarves show up with big weapons and just charge at them. And two of them jumped off the ship to their deaths. And one of them was left. No, no, actually, one of them jumped off the ship. One of them got killed by the, the fighter. But they jumped off the ship. Or rather, the one jumped off the ship, And there was one left. And then another orc jumps off his pterodactyl and lands on the ship. Now, he is not subject to Phantasm because he was not part of the group. I cast it in. That's the way we were playing. It's a 20 by 20 by 20 foot area. But the... The game master said, okay, he's not affected because he's new. I said, okay, he's still got one here I'm working on. And this is a concentration spell. As long as I concentrate, it's up. And I'm concentrating like like crazy. And, the, and my character, I play him like I play him like a Vegas lounge, lounge magician. Everything's big. Everything's ha-ha, that kind of thing. And I'm casting. I'm doing the, the casting thing with my hands. And so I have all the dwarves surround this guy and basically beat him to a pulp now if they think they're taking damage they're taking damage and the damage is a d4 plus whatever caster level is which mine was three so it is d4 plus three and i rolled it and i kept rolling threes and i, I the when they ganged up on that turn i rolled a d4 and i rolled a four so that was seven and the game master said that's times 12 so he took like 82, 83 points of imaginary damage and died. Now, the, now the, the orc that jumped on the ship and watching this guy cowering over nothing, basically what the, what the game master ruled was, okay, this orc, he took 82 points. It was 82, 82 points of damage. And so he has a heart attack and dies. And the orc that just came on sees him die. He sees me out of the corner of his eye doing the casting thing. And he, it looks like I just 
did a, like a power word kill on him. And he looks at me and I just turn over and I didn't even move my hands. They're still in casting position. I turned to him. His eyes get wide. He is he loads his pants and jumps off the ship. Before he jumps off the ship, the fighter's turn comes up and the GM says, You have attack you get an attack of opportunity because this guy is just trying to get off the ship and he lops his head off. And that was it. That's what I'm talking about, how powerful illusions can be. Because it also makes you what I like is it also makes you pay attention more to the situation and what's going on. Because I knew these were low-level illusions. I knew there was no sound. I knew there was a... But in the heat of battle, it doesn't matter. You have all this clanking and stuff. And I purposely kept the illusionary dwarves' mouths. They did not yell or anything. They just advanced with this wild look in their eye, and they were frothing at the mouth. And I was just... And, and it worked. It worked. In the heat of battle, it works because they're not paying attention whether something makes a sound or not, or does it, or it doesn't. You know, I mean, yes, they have saves, but they were they were pitiful saves, and he made a save for all of them. They didn't make it, so it it works. See, that's the thing about spells, illusionary spells, and spells in general. It's not the spell; it's what you do with it. It's not the spell, it's the situation you're in, and is it applicable? Can you make it work even with the limitations on the spell? In this case, I could, because it was total chaos on the ship, and I just cast it because... And also, we're dealing with, what, one hit die, one plus one hit die orcs, very low intelligence. Oh, in the meantime, the boss... Uh, he finally, he finally like flew away, and whoever was left with him, I think there was like one flew away with him because he doesn't know what the, what the hell is going on. And after we took care of this, we looked down below, and we see all the orcs. You you heard like you know the battle, they're making their noise and stuff when they were when they were they were moving, and all of a sudden, it got deadly quiet. They saw all this, and it's like. And then they just kept moving. It's like, never mind. Just keep going. D don't, don't even look. Just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> that was one of the best battles I have ever been in. And that was fantastic. So that shows you what you could do with a spell, especially an illusionary spell in the right circumstances. So anyway, I want to start my day. So I will I will bid you people adieu. And I want to remind you if you want to talk about this or anything like that, oldmegrognard at gmail.com or drop me a line on a uh, voicemail on Anchor. And we're monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can support this program. And I would thank you. And I want to thank my supporters, Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, Gilbert Soares, Mark C. Walring, and Juan Carlos Llewellyn. Don't forget Juan. Juan blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about that again. Don't forget Mark C. Walring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. And we still have some days to go on Vigilante City to book Kickstarter on Kickstarter from Bloat Games. So check that out if you want some good supers action. And we also have Dungeons & Delver's Red Book getting ready to wrap up good system you might want to check it out they're both on kickstarter.com so until i see you folks next time keep the dice warm and i'll talk to you later bye-bye questions 
comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.